Welcome to this message from Life Assembly, a thriving church in the northwest suburbs of Minneapolis. Please visit us online at lifemn.org for more information. And now join us as we pursue Jesus together. Well, today, um, actually, uh, we have a guy named Daryl Amiot here who um, has kids in the ministry, people here that have uh, been here and, and have joined us. Um, I've also known some of his grandkids. But anyway, um, I, had, I had somebody um, in our church talk to us and say, do you know anybody that's maybe a part of the district or anybody that can talk to us about finances? You know, people in different age groups, things that are going on. And I said, I think I know somebody. I think I know somebody. So uh, Daryl Amiot, he works with the district. Uh, how many years have you been with the district? Six years um, he's been at the district. So if you go to MNAOG and uh, you click on there, you'll see Daryl Amiot in there. And he's been working um, in, in the areas of stewardship and in finance for, uh, man, a long... You don't want to tell me. He doesn't want to tell me. A very long time. And so after I met with him over uh, breakfast, I was like, oh, man, I think this is for more than just a small breakout. I think this is going to be really good for our church. And so if you would please uh, give him a nice Life Assembly warm welcome to invite Daryl Amy up. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Am I on? Good morning. We're going to talk about money. I'd like to read something to you this morning. From Deuteronomy 8, 18. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers at his today. He's the one that gives you the ability the picture up there is uh, my son, Mike, and I want to get back to him a little bit later this morning. Um, it's a younger picture of Mike. It makes me feel younger. Um, but he is the Kyofa director for the state of Minnesota. Do you know what Kyofa is? Yeah. Kyofa is a student ministry, and he oversees all the, all the campuses in the state. And um, so we'll get back to him a little bit later, and this is supposed to work. Yes. Miracles. Um, I'm not going to answer that now, but I will answer it at the end of what currency we're going to use up in heaven. You know, I get asked a lot because people don't know me. Uh, they know my son Mike and some of my other family members, and they don't know me. And they, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about, about me. Uh, when I, I was 22, I was managing the tax department for a, a major bank. When I was 28, I was managing a bank. When, when I was 32, I was managing one of the largest banks in the Twin Cities. When I was 38, I was what they call national branch coordinator. I was overseeing 50 banks nationwide. I did that for a while, and then I decided, well, I hate the traveling. I don't like going to California, Oklahoma, and all these places. So I decided to start my own investment company. And I did that for about 20 years. Now, I've been on the board at North Central. I've been on, on the board at Teen Challenge. 
Uh, I've been on the board of, of this nonprofit called the Center for um, uh, Languages, and anyway, they get, I don't know why they had me on there. I can hardly speak English. And, and, and they had me on there because it was uh, Hebrew and Greek and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what was going on there. Um, I've, I've been, uh, I'm on the board right now at Lake Geneva. Um, I never get bored. Uh, but there's something wrong with what I just told you. It's all about me. See, we're in a world today which is me, myself, and I. It's all about us. And that's where we miss the boat. What about him? You know, we took God out of school, and now they're trying to take God out of our government. They're trying to take God out of the USA. Uh, and, and we've become what we call individuals. And, and there's, a, there's a disease going on called individualism. Uh, some people refer to it as narcissism because it's all about us. A, a couple months ago, uh, it was all over the news, the University of Minnesota was honoring Prince for his music and stuff. Well, I, I can tell you right now, we are not here to worship Prince. We're here to worship the king. I grew up Catholic. Any former Catholics? Oh, look at this. Oh, bless all of you. Yes. Um, I was an altar boy, and, and at age 10, I was very interested in numbers. Numbers always fascinated me. And in the Catholic Church in my day, they would print a booklet at the end of the year of what people gave. And I couldn't wait to see that. So at 10, 11, 12, I would rush back to, I, you know, they print that thing, and I'd go back there, and we were always at the top of the list. And that's because our name started with A. <laughs> now, the figure never changed from year to year. It was always $52. Well, I could figure out there's 52 weeks, and so if my dad gave $52, it was a dollar, a Sunday. That's how I learned, or what I learned, about tithing. Um, anybody familiar with Moorhead at all? You know where that is? Yeah, I'm from Moorhead. Okay. It just so happens that in Moorhead, the mascot is a spud. It's the only school in the United States that has a spud. <laughs> Not a Spartan. Not an eagle, not a lion, but a spud. Okay. These little indentations that you see, we call those eyes. The eyes of the potato. And as a, as a young kid, I was 19, and uh, my dad committed suicide. Um, my mother ran off with an alcoholic after that, sold the house. I was in college. My brother had left... Uh, a couple years earlier, he got married and moved. He never liked me anyway. So I've, I felt abandoned. You ever feel abandoned? You know, your dad commits suicide, your mom takes off, sells the house, and you're all alone. And you have to fend for yourself. You have to grow up real quick. Well, my thought process wasn't real good back then, and, and um, I'm thinking, okay, I, I met another spud. And we got married. 
I figured, well, we, this is going to be easy. You know, we're going to see eye to eye. <laughs> we're both spuds. The problem was, I grew up Catholic. She was Baptist. And eventually, we became assembly. Now, that's the ABCs of religion. But as they said this morning, we're not talking about religion. We're talking about a relationship, aren't we? It's about a relationship. I don't know how um, your worship team knew that, that my favorite hymn is Blessed Assurance. So thank you for, for doing that. that. That was special for me today. So we would go to a Catholic church on a Sunday, and then we would go to a Baptist church, and then we would go to a Catholic church, and then we would go to the Baptist church, and after doing this for a couple months, I finally realized, you know, I can go direct. I don't have to go through a confessional or a priest or anything like that. I, I, I have a direct line to him. But for three years, my wife kept preaching about this tithing. Well, what did I learn? Dollar a Sunday. So that's what I believed in. Well, then one Sunday, we had a guest uh, preacher. He was from Bethel. We were in a Baptist church at the time, and uh, my wife was in the nursery, so I thought this was a setup. You know, you ever sitting in the pew and you think, oh, Pastor Dale's talking about me. And I'm going, okay, who gave this guy my name? I'm sitting here, and he's going to talk about money, and he's going to talk about tithing and all these kinds of things. So I listened to him, and it, he said something very interesting at the end. He said, now, some of you grew up Catholics. Well, that was me. Some of you grew up Lutheran or, or maybe Presbyterian or, or Episcopalian. And he was naming all these people I didn't know. He said, you never learned about tithing. So I don't want you to start at, at 10%. Oh, my ears perked up. I sat up real quick. And I'm going, now, where's my wife? She needs to be hearing this. And, and then he went on to say, I want you to start at 3%. But you have to make a contract with me. Every time you get a raise, you raise your tithe 1%. Guess what happened? I kept getting raises. I kept getting promotions. And the 3 went to 5, and the 5 went to 7. And I got excited. You ever get excited about something happening in your life? And it was no longer about me. It was about giving and the thrill of helping others and helping missionaries and ministry. And then we were at nine, and I couldn't wait to get paid. And then we were at 10 and 12, and I was just loving it. So one year in the bank, they weren't going to give any raises. It was back in, in the 80s when, when the economy wasn't doing very well, um, and uh, the word got out that nobody's getting a raise. I said, well, I'm not going to accept that. I walked up to Human Resource. I said, I want a raise. I've, I've got a commitment here. If I don't keep getting raises, I can't raise my tithe. And I said, we, we, we can't give you a raise. And I said, but look at what I've done. Yeah, I'm 32 years old, and I'm managing one of the largest banks in the Twin Cities. 
It's impossible. If you knew my background, you would say, it's impossible. But see, God said you could move mountains. And I started moving mountains. And I fought them on that, and I got a raise. I just couldn't tell anybody. But I got the raise, and the first thing I wanted to do was figure out how much can I give. When I left the bank, when we started an investment company, um, I had a partner with me, a business partner, and um, we're gluing desks together. I mean, we just you, know, you buy these kits. And, we're, we're, and he looks at me, he says, what's our mission statement? And I'm going, mission statement? Well, that sounds like a banker. And I thought about it for about three seconds. And I went back to him and I said, I think we should make a lot of money so we can give it away. How is that for a mission statement? And he loved it. And we've been doing it ever since. Are we owners? Well, that's what society teaches us. It's my house, my car, my children, my church, my boat, my swimming pool. That's not what God says. God says he's the owner. We're supposed to be managers. We're supposed to be stewards, stewards of what God gives us. And when you're dealing with money, somehow we, we've taught ourselves in, in this society that, that it's ours. And I had five funerals this last year. I didn't see anybody take it with them. I really didn't. Somehow we forgot about God. Yes, we have a responsibility to God. That's what I've learned. Yes, we have a responsibility to the government. We have to pay our taxes. Some of the people I counsel with, and I do a lot of counseling, we'll talk about that later, the self-employed, for some reason, they, they pay themselves, but they never pay the government. And then they come to Daryl. I'm Daryl. They come to Daryl, <laughs> and they say, well, I owe this big tax bill. And, and they've, they've never learned how to budget. And people always ask me, you know, what's the best way to budget? And I, I always say, spend less than you make. It's that simple. It doesn't, doesn't have to be complicated. And then what about you? Do you put it away for yourself? Do you, little by little by little. I came home one day, and, and my wife said, the faucet is, is dripping. I said, well, I'll, I'll look at it after supper. Well, there was a ball game on that night, so I didn't look at it. I went to bed after the ball game. I got up in the morning, and sure enough, the bucket was full. She'd put a bucket under the faucet, and drip by drip, Little by little, drip, drip, drip. You don't have to go sign up for the lottery. Little by little, you can take care of yourself. But what's the biggest problem we have in America? It's the bills. We do a lot of work with, with Hennepin County Adult Protection, and we, we cleaned out a house not too long ago. We transitioned this individual uh, to a, a assisted living. And I think I counted 23 cameras. Most of them never used. And, we, and we, went, we found packages never opened. We found four, five, six of the same things, same items. The guy could have been rich. He kept spending money, spending money, spending money. And what happens in society is we just create bills, 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 bills. And when we do that, we forget about God. The church called me one time. I go to Cedar Valley, the, uh, you know, 
former Bloomington Assembly. The church called me uh, on a Wednesday afternoon. I was uh, actually their, their counselor for like 15 years, financial counselor, and, and uh, they said, can you come this Wednesday night? We have a couple that really, really need you. I said, sure. I walked in. I recognized the couple, a little bit of small talk, waiting for the pastor to come in. The pastor came in. I was waiting. Okay, let's get going. I'm ready to go. And more small talk. Well, then they said they were waiting for another pastor. This has got to be a serious problem. Why do we need two pastors? The other pastor came. I just sat in a corner. It's not easy for me to do. And I let them talk. And 20 minutes later, they looked at Daryl. They said, what do you think the problem is, Daryl? How can we help this couple? They can't make their mortgage payment. They can't feed their children. They're late on their bills. And I looked at the husband, and I just said, I have a question for you, sir. Where did you get the can of Coke? He says, if you're thirsty, I'll go get you one. I got it in the vending machine up on the second floor. I said, no, I was just curious. What did you pay for it? And he told me what he paid. Now, I'm not discriminating, so I brought a diet. <laughs> and I looked at the wife. I said, ma'am, where did you get your, your can of Coke? Well, my husband bought it in the same vending machine. Are you sure we can't get you a can of Coke? I said, no, when I get thirsty, I walk down the hallway because there's a water fountain, and the water's free. See, I like the word free. Buy one, get one, free. By the time I finished talking to his wife, the husband was crying. He knew where I was going. Because my next question was, do you buy lunch every day? Both of you work. You're living paycheck to paycheck. You're out there spending money. Are you going to Starbucks? Uh, do you have habits that you have created? How many times do you use the vending machine? Once a day? Twice a day? Three times a day? You know, you could go to Cub and buy a 24-pack and maybe pay 25 cents a can instead of paying a dollar or whatever. By the time we got done with the session, we found, I don't know, it was like $800 a month in waste. Restaurants, going to the theater, vending machines, hooked on Starbucks. I think God's funny. Don't you? Use the can of Coke to turn their lives around. Just like that. They got it. Not everybody listens to Daryl, but this couple did. They got it. They understood it. The only problem was, a couple years ago, they both died. And I got a call. And it was a call from the kids. Dad died first, and then about a year later, Mom died. And the kids said, they never did a will. They turned their finances around, but they never went the next step. They procrastinated. They didn't get the legal documents they needed. And now we're in formal probate. And they put me in charge. And they're spending money. They're wasting money. Because they didn't do one simple thing, and that was a will. 
I'm here to protect people. Clarence St. John brought me on six years ago. He said, Daryl, you need to educate people. I've been blessed with a lot of knowledge. I'm not that smart, but God's blessed me. And Clarence St. John said, I want you to educate, educate, educate. I want you to protect. Show people how to keep the money away from the government and make sure it goes to God. Wow. So instead of retiring, I'm just tired. <laughs> and the reason I'm tired is the phone rang this morning at 2.20. Now, when I get calls at 2.20 in the morning, the first thought, one of my clients died. I'm going to spend Sunday, you know, doing the, doing the funeral stuff. Fortunately, that didn't happen. My client fell out of bed, didn't break anything. They got her med medications corrected, and they put her back in bed. But I haven't slept. So if I look tired, I'm tired. I'm trying to stay awake. Ownership or management. When we have assets, we have income. The biggest thing people forget to do is they forget to plan. If you don't plan, you plan on failing. It's that simple. And there's so many things that are out there. It's not what, what society teaches us. You know, you can have it your way. Or you just do it. It's all about you. There's other things we can do. And what about our children, our church, the college, the camp, care for pastors, charities in general? If we, if we don't do it right, we end up going to the commander-in-chief in Congress. They get the money because they dictate. If you don't have the legal documents, you can spend a little bit of money. I call it preventive medicine. You spend a little bit of money and you prevent all these problems. And these two kids that I'm dealing with right now are going through a lot of problems. And the state of Minnesota steps in and they want money. And then the, the attorneys want money. And, and, and Daryl gets a little money because now Daryl is the personal rep. Because this is what Daryl does. Somehow we've missed the boat. We don't see that it's about Christ. We're not seeing what's really in front of us because society is teaching us something totally different. And we fall into the trap. Whether it's ads on TV, in the stores, I went into a Starbucks one time. I'd never been in one. And I wanted to see what it was all about. So I walked in there and I went, whoa. They had a menu and I didn't even understand the, ling the, the lingo, the language. You know, frappuccinos and all this kind of stuff. So I decided I'm going to sit and observe. I like to do that. And I've been in the banking business. I've been in four bank robberies. I'm used to sitting and observing. And I sat there and the line pretty soon was out the door. And they're paying $4.50 for, for a cup of coffee? I can go to McDonald's and I get the large one for a dollar and the cream is free. And then they're drinking something that's not even healthy for them. It doesn't make any sense to me. See, in marriage, 50% of our, yeah, that's money. Whew. Maybe that's gold. I don't know. But in marriages, 
We find husbands that spend money and wives that try to save. And it ends up in divorce. Or maybe it's the wife that's at the mall spending the money and the husband's trying to save. Ends up in divorce. See, that's friction. 50% of our marriages are based or 50% of the marriages that are divorced because of money. Now, if they're both spending money, they never get divorced. They file bankruptcy. <laughs> Pastor came up to me one time and he said, you and your wife should be divorced. I grew up in a family of alcoholics, suicide, foul language, only by the grace of God, I stand before you. I tried to break, break the history of alcoholism. And I can tell you today, I have four children, and I'm blessed, and none of them are alcoholics. But the pastor said, you and your wife should not be married. Because I came from an alcoholic family, I should be an alcoholic. I came from a Catholic family, she came from a Baptist family. And he said, I think I figured it out, why you guys are married. He says, because both of you are followers of Christ. And both of you are on the same page as far as cash. We both are savers. And we understood. And even though life presents ups and downs every day, I fail every day. I make mistakes every day. There's only one that's righteous. Who's that? Christ. He's the righteous one. We made 50 years of marriage coming from opposite ends of town. I know I don't look that old. We got married when I was 14. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. It's meaningless. Everyone comes naked from their mother's womb, and as everyone comes, so they depart. They take nothing from their toil and they, that they can carry in their hands. Now, pastor said I had till noon today. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I know the Vikings are probably kicking off at noon. I'll get you out of here. When my mother left, she sold the house, liquidated the assets, and helped this alcoholic get started in business. Left my brother and I hanging dry. In 2006, my mother came to visit me, which was a rarity, because at one time I kicked her out of my house. I didn't like the language. The kids were young. Took a lot of guts to do that. She came to visit, and she saw where I lived. And she goes, whoa, you have a nice house. And we went to my office, and she went to the office. She said, whoa, you have a nice office. Then she went back to Texas. And two weeks later, she calls me. She says, I'm proud of you, Daryl. I'm proud of what you accomplished. 
And I told my mom, I said, Mom, I had nothing to do with it. It was God. God gave me the way. Oh, no, 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 no. No, you did it. It was all you, Daryl. You did it. I'm so proud of you. You did it. I said, Mom, you don't understand. I'm not very talented. I was not voted most likely to succeed in school. I was shy and timid. Now God has me doing this. So then she said, I did you and your brother wrong. Yeah, you did. When I retired at 62, she went on, I decided to save every Social Security check because I didn't need to spend it. And when I die, you and your brother will get all that money. My comment to her was, don't die first because I know your husband. What do you mean? I said, well, <laughs> you can't trust him. No, 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 no. I made you power of attorney. I said, Mom, you don't understand legal documents. As you die, legal, the power of attorney goes away. Then it goes to according to the will. And I says, since he's still living, if that's the case, he'll change everything. No, 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 no. She lived from 62 to 88. That's a lot of Social Security. And I'm a former banker. I like numbers. So I did the calculations with earnings. And I'm going, wow, that's a big inheritance. Never saw it. Never saw it. Did it matter? It wasn't mine. I never owned it. If God wanted me to have it, he would have given it to me. I'm still dressed. I still eat. All that money went down to his kids, who are all alcoholics. In 2008, 2009, does everybody remember the crash? Real estate went down, the market went down, everything bottomed out. Did you know that I was involved in five properties at that time? I was either owner or, or part owner in five properties. And it ended up going down to two. How many of you see two? Raise your hand. You see two. I didn't see two. Because when I turned it this way, I see victory. See, what's your attitude? I didn't own those properties. I was managing them. And God wanted them for a reason. Because he wanted to free me up. And now I'm in ministry. Are you kidding? There's no way I should be in ministry. The rest of my family, yes. But me, no. So I saw the big V, victory. That was that about. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Not about us, my friends. But godliness with contentment is great gain. I learned to be content no matter what my mother did. 
no matter what rejection I, I witnessed or, or experienced. I started out with, I did this, and I did that, and you start to catch on. I call it the I factor. The real I factor is this, the I am's of Jesus. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. There's the eye. Use this eye to look at that eye and not this eye. Does that make sense? About him. Big eye. So what is the currency used in heaven? You gonna take your gold and your silver, maybe your dollar bills, all the junk we buy. I clean out a lot of houses. Dumpster after dumpster after dumpster. We did one in South Minneapolis, two 40-yard dumpsters. I think there were eight trips to Salvation Army. I don't know how many trips to recycling. There were Christmas gifts never opened. Why do we do that? Why do we keep buying, buying, buying? Is there something missing in our lives that we have to keep feeding? Well, for those of you going to heaven, you're going to understand what the currency in heaven is because it's the blood of Jesus. See, the blood of Jesus covers everything. You're not going to need gold and silver. You're not going to need dollar bills. It's not about that. I do consultations. And this is my commercial. We'll get to another C. Um, Clarence wanted me to do consultations for people that don't have a will, don't have a health care directive, don't have a power of attorney. Um, uh, maybe they don't have a funeral trust. Uh, maybe they have concerns about their, their whole estate. Um, one of my famous stories is a couple years ago, I, I, I did a consultation with a family. And uh, we did a wealth transfer called an estate builder, and we, we moved some of the assets to the children. And then I did a, a, a quit claim deed with a promissory note and uh, uh, the rescission of the note, and we transferred part of the farm. And then we got the funeral trust done, and, and that protects money from medical assistance. And then we got the will done, the health care directives, the power of attorney. I made them legal. They're all legal. And the guy looked at me afterwards, and he goes, Daryl, you sure know how to screw the government legally. <laughs> and, whoa. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one before. So remember the picture of Mike? So I went to my son, Mike, because Mike's licensed. He, he, he's a minister. I'm a layperson. I sit in the pew just like you every Sunday. Well, except today. I'm here. And so I went to my son. I said, Mike, uh, this is what this guy said. Is that something I can say in church? <laughs> Screw the government legally? Well, Dad, I would probably reword it. <laughs> I'm going, okay. I thought a lot about rewording it, and I couldn't come up with another way of saying it, so I'm not going to say it. Oh, you say I already said it? 
apologize because I already said it. So the consultations that we do, and we have a sign-up, there's sign-up sheets outside. I charge $100, one-time fee. There's been some houses I've been to seven times. How much did they pay me? $100. We try to get you legal. If your will needs to be changed, we know how to do that. If you don't have a will, we can help you with that. If you have questions about your estate or investments or whatever, we can do that. We can help you. But that's it. It's $100. We're here to help, protect, advise, do whatever. That's been commanded to me by the district. That's what they want me to do. One more quick story and then I'm done. Four years ago, I was up at camp, Lake Geneva. How many know about Lake Geneva? I was doing the uh, seniors group, speaking to the seniors group about probate. And this lady signed up, and she lived out of town. And um, I, gave her, I gave her a call and uh, said, well, I'm going to make some changes in my will. So I drove up to see her, and I went to uh, sit down with her, and she showed me the will, and she says, I want to make one change, this one paragraph. I want to change that. I said, I can get that done. My attorney will probably charge 100 bucks." Really? My attorney wants $350. I said, oh, no. But ma'am, I have some questions for you. What kind of investments do you have? I don't want to manage them. I just want to know what you have. Well, she first said IRAs. Does anybody know anything about IRAs? They're tax deferred. And she says, well, I have a 401k. Anybody knows anything about 401ks? They are tax deferred. And she says, well, I have a bunch of annuities. And I said, well, if you know anything about annuities, they are tax-deferred. And I said, who's the beneficiary in all this tax-deferred money? She says, well, my, my will, my estate. And I looked at the will, and she never married. She had no children. She had six charities in her will. And the will was drafted by a Christian organization. And her investment guy was a Christian. And I looked at it and I said, well, I'm going to suggest something here. I want you to go to your investment guy on Monday. I want you to take these six charities and I want them listed on every investment you have. We are going to bypass the will. Because when tax-deferred money goes through an estate, it's taxed at a higher rate. I quick did some calculations. Remember, I I like numbers. Did some quick calculations. We saved $250,000 in taxes. It went to God. And God's work. We did screw the government legally. (laughs) Oops, I said I wouldn't say it. Sometimes I can't help myself. Now, that was four years ago, and this lady's still living. So that money's grown, which means the tax savings is even better. But by the time we got done, we had everything bypassing the government and made $100. But God won the lottery, and those charities, to this day, 
do not know that they're going to get that windfall because of one change. See, when we counsel people, we look at the big picture. This Christian organization that did the will was looking to make a buck. Right? They wanted to make money. Her investment guy was just, just wanted to sell a product. Wanted to make money. Wanted to make a commission. But we looked at it as, how do we protect it? How do we give it to, to God? Whether it's the church, which might have been one of the charities. Uh, what about the college, which might have been one of the charities? What about Lake Geneva Camp, which might have been one of the charities? Wouldn't you rather see the blessings go there? I would. I would. Every day of the week. So I'm going to have Pastor Dale come up and finish. I will be down here uh, to answer questions or talk to people. I have a couple of people with me today I'd like to introduce. Heather, would you stand? And John, would you stand? Uh, Heather is our caregiver. Uh, she is a part of our team and works with all the nursing homes, doctors, clinics, transitional care. Um, we work a lot with the counties. We're working a lot with Anoka County, Hennepin County, and so forth. And John's part of our team. He's, he's a marketing guru, and, and uh, we work together on helping transition people out of their homes, uh, elderly people. A lot of elderly people don't have children. Um, and I could go on and on with stories, but I know the Vikings kick off at noon. So if you want to hear more stories, sign up. Have me over for a cup of coffee. And I bet the coffee will be free. Thank you. So a couple things. Um, number one, if I would have been up here talking about screwing the government, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have been as accepted it was, as it was from saying. I probably would have got some emails, but since you said it, they're going to be like, oh, what a sweet man. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so for those of you who attend here regularly, uh, those, uh, you know that this is not a normal Sunday for us. You know that this is uh, not something that, that we have uh, done, that, that I have um, done here. But, you know, after I sat down and, and I spoke with him and after he just shared his heart, I thought, you know, when our church is healthy in all areas, not just spiritually, not just, you know, when we're talking about the, the scripture and the way that we want to, you know, pursue Jesus together and go deeper in him. But when our church is help, healthy in every aspect of our, our lives, our church is healthier as a whole. And for some of us, you know, he said, my job is to educate people. And I hope that you feel like this was helpful to you. I hope that you're like, hey, you know what? I can actually do something about it. And even if there are just little, little steps um, that I can be a part of it. And so um, thank you, Daryl. I really appreciate it. I hope that you're um, able to help our congregation. I hope that it's a, it's a helpful thing for our church body as well. Would you please stand? You've been listening to a message from Life Assembly. Connect with us online at lifemn.org. And thanks for listening.